Welcome back to the God's Vibes podcast. Today is a big day. If you're listening to this on either Monday, April 3rd, or Tuesday 4-4, April 4th, you have an eeny window <laughs> of grace to get yourself plugged into the God's Vibes Mastermind. This is a program that is epic. I call it Holy Spirit Boot Camp in a lot of ways. But we meet weekly every Thursday for live coaching. The program is three months in length. There's a new training every single day with an empowerment worksheet and you can't binge it in one sitting so that you can't get overwhelmed or anxious. It literally is fed to you one day at a time, one step at a time, one moment at a time. And then as you're ready, it keeps building. And even after you finish the three months, you get access to a ton of bonuses, okay? You get the Courage Co. Masterclass Bundle. In this, if you've been in Courage Co., or if you haven't even heard about Courage Co., essentially what that is, you get 12 masterclasses, 12 challenges, and 12 guest interviews that you can get all access demand to. You can listen to them as often as you want. You get the notes. There's ongoing support on that content too, so you can continue to ask questions live and get answers. So you get that. You get two courses, one called U2.0, which is up-leveling literally every area of your life. We talk about how to do that specifically and how you can assess your life and what it might look like to reinvent your life. So if where you are right now doesn't fit anymore and you're not happy about that, that course alone is great for you. We also have a lot of people that I've noticed in Courage Co. that really want to launch a God dream or a business or something of that nature. And we do have a course called Launch Your Spirit Driven Business or Building Spirit Driven Success. So you get those two courses. You get the Masterclass Bundle, those two courses. You get the Declaration Deck, which is similar to an Affirmation Deck, only this has scripture on one side and the Declaration of Truth on the other. There's 52 cards. You get all of those. They will be sent to you. You have an opportunity to get the workbook, but you do get all of those pages as well as you're going through the Mastermind. You get over 35 different journal prompts to really help deepen your relationship with God. There's visualizations, audio meditations. You get the 30-day God's Vibes Matter devotional. You get to be a part of a community that is doing this spiritual growth, personal development work with you. And this often becomes community for life, right? There's people that you do life with for a reason, <laughs> for a season or a lifetime. And a lot of times people that you meet in programs like this are very, they're like heaven sent, right? They're divine connections and you end up doing life together for a long time. So you get to be a part of that whole community. And the craziest part, you get access to all of this for an entire year. So not just you get it for the three months, you get to literally dive into this content, unpack it for an entire year. Okay. So you have a window right now to get plugged in. It is currently 33% off, which is absolutely insane. So this is your last chance. If you're listening to this on 4-3 or 4-4, you still have an opportunity to get in. If for some reason you don't see the link to join, you can also email my team just by hearing this. You're welcome. Email info at julianapage.com. 
info at julianapage.com. Just put more info on the mastermind and we'll make sure to get it to you, okay? Otherwise, right now, all you got to do to enroll is go to www.courageco.org www.courageco.org. Get plugged in. And if you are doing this, even as I am talking, let me be the first to welcome you to the God's Vibes Mastermind. When you enroll, you get instant access to the prep week, which is amazing. Some of the alumni have said that they've joined just for that alone. (laughs) That alone was their return on investment. So if that tells you anything, the first week before it actually starts is enough for your money, get yourself in there. Bless your life. Get in there. www.courageco.org. Love you, supporting you, championing you either way. Now let's dive into the message today. This is an interesting one, one that I didn't know that we were going to dive into, but this is about really seeing if you're ready for that next level in your life. I have found that I think I'm ready. I want to be ready impatience is really letting me know that I'm actually not ready, (laughs) but man, do I want to be ready, right? So these tests are interesting. I'm actually going to pull from the life of Joseph, but I think this is really helpful if you find yourself questioning like, am I ready for that next level? Or how do I know? Or how can I really assess my readiness level? When I'm working with people one-on-one, often I will be looking for two things. Are they ready and are they willing? Because they will require both. And there's just an obvious difference to those that I actually work with and those that maybe want to work together, but they're not ready yet, which it's not a problem, right? When they're ready, they can always come back. But I think it's really important because I'm not serving somebody who's actually not ready or willing to do the work, right? So it's a really beautiful thing, but you can tell. (laughs) Nothing will stop a person from getting what they are ready for and willing to put in the work for, right? When somebody is committed, when they've made a decision, they will go all in, they will make it happen. There'll be no overthinking, no back and forth. They're just in, okay? And somebody maybe who's not ready will kind of be like, I don't know, let me think about it. You know what I mean? There's like a whole lot of that stuff going on, okay? So this is actually gonna help you assess if you're ready. And side note, In the mastermind, they're actually right now, in addition to the 33% off, there's an opportunity for a special VIP coaching offer to work one-on-one together as well. So not only do you get the mastermind, you have an opportunity to work together one-on-one. So again, if you're hearing this on 4.3 or 4.4, to get that offer in case it doesn't show up, just email my team, info at julianapage.com, info at julianapage.com. Email them mastermind details and let them know that you heard this episode and we'll make sure to get those details to you. Okay, so six tests. Are you ready? Are you ready? Okay. The power of working with integrity and excellence. This is what you're looking for. Really, this is the better way where people are honored and they're not abused. Okay, and so this is going to be something that is really, really powerful, again, to let you know if you're actually ready. Because the reality is, God has given you gifts. Each of us has a unique combination and expression of gifts, and none is better than the other. Every gift matters. Every person dedicating their lives to doing things that are honorable is important. People are standing up for what is right and they're living it. And that is imperative in the world that we're living in right now. 
right? There may have been times where we've been graced to not do what we know to do, but this is not that time, okay? So I have done some research. I found six different tests from the story of Joseph that really determine if we're ready for our gifts and for that impact that we say that we're here to have in the world, okay? So we're gonna be looking at Genesis 37 if you wanna dive in later or go back and read this in your own study time or quiet time, okay? This is a story about business, promotion, and tests, okay? Tests in the promotion, after the promotion, and through the promotion, right? So when we're asking to be promoted, we're asking for a lot of the time more than we are ready for. Okay, and I'm, you're going to be clear on that today. <laughs> All right, so this story holds a revelation, and it's really a cheat sheet, right? We need some spark notes, and the Bible gives us those, which is awesome. But Genesis 37, 2 through 11 says this. If you don't have your word, I got you. Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers. Okay. He's tending his flocks. Just get a picture of that, right? Now, Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age, and he made a richly ornamented robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Fun! <laughs> Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more, all right? He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright, while yours gathered around mine and bowed down to it. That's fun. I'm sure their brothers love to hear that. His brother said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. Then he had another dream and he told it to his brothers. Joseph, <laughs> listen, he said, I had another dream. And this time the sun and the moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. When he told his father, as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, what is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come down and bow to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Okay, the story continues in Genesis 12 through 14 this way. Now his brothers had gone to graze their father's flocks. And Israel said to Joseph, Go and see if all is well with your brothers with the flocks and bring word back to me. Then he sent him off. Okay? Genesis 37. You can go back and read that on your own. Sometimes a different version is helpful as well. But test number one. Will you serve others, even those you disagree with, when your dream of success seems so far away? Whew! I definitely have had to answer this question. <laughs> Joseph was the second youngest of a large tribe, and he was favored by his father and got this nice, beautiful coat, right? His brothers hated him because they knew that they were not going to be the heir of the father's tribes, all of the wealth and estate. 
How often do we even see that today? So they were really ticked off at him, okay? And the father protected him even more, which just made this all the worse, right? So think about this. Have you personally been in a situation where someone else was treated better than you? Joseph knew that his brothers hated him, but look at what he does. He cast his pearl before swine, as some of us do on a weekly basis. If you're telling some people the vision that God has given you and the plans and purposes that you know he planted in you, you may be casting it before swine. Not everyone can handle the vision that God gave you in your heart. Some people will reject you. A lot of times people will mock you, shame you, laugh in your face, right? Give you all of their fears, project their anxieties onto you, right? Smile in your face and go talk about you behind your back. Wish you luck, right? So really think about this because this happens. And a lot of times this is people, these are people that are closest to us, right? But that even happened to Jesus. Jesus couldn't teach in his own hometown, right? Here's a giant character flaw though. Joseph had favor from his father and favor from God. These brothers also had favor. They were all princes of the same tribe. However, the older brothers were looking at what they didn't have instead of looking at what they did have. They were looking at the one thing that the younger brother got, which was this ornamented coat, right? The other brothers were, in fact, princes. They were wealthy. They had an inheritance. Yet, they were not satisfied with that because of envy. Oof, envy. Then Joseph presented his dreams and his brother hated him all the more. Why in the world did Joseph present this dream to his brothers, right? He already knew, it was pretty clear, he already knew that they hated him. So I believe that this was actually pride. This wasn't just glee and excitement and just being naive. This was pride. He did it because of pride, to boost his ego, right? To rub it in. It's possible that he wanted to gain acceptance from his brothers and he wanted to prove his position that he was equal to, if not better, than his brothers. That is total immaturity and many of us do this every day. We do it with our spouses, with our bosses, with our friends at church, with coworkers, with people all over this place, especially now that we have social media. Many people are trying to prove their authority, to prove who they are, but they're all doing it in a provoking envy way and jealousy straight out of their brothers and sisters, which is exactly what Joseph did. He provoked envy straight out of his brothers because of his pride, ego, and insecurity, trying to prove that he was something that he wished he believed and that he was hoping to become. And after telling his dreams, Joseph then went and found his brothers grazing the flocks. They saw him from afar off and said, here comes the dreamer. Come on now, let's kill him. They plotted to kill their younger brother. But Reuben, the oldest brother, stepped in and said, don't shed any blood. And in an effort to rescue Joseph, Reuben suggested that they throw him into a cistern. Judah, one of his other brothers, then suggested that they sell him to the Ishmaelites. And they all agreed. So they threw Joseph into a pit and sold him. 
They took the ornamented robe, tore it up, and mangled it. They sacrificed a goat and dipped the robe in the blood of the goat. The brothers took the coat back to the father, and the father covered himself with ashes and dirt. He was distraught, and he pretty much died inside. He was living out his days, but he was dead inside. His favorite son was gone. This is still in Genesis 37. So Joseph, the favored son with the ornamented coat, the chosen heir of that particular kingdom, found himself in Egypt as a slave. The lesson is ego and pride lead to your downfall. Trying to prove that you are accepted, trying to hide your insecurity and provoking envy and jealousy in others only leads to the destruction of your dream. Joseph had his visions, and within days he was thrown into a pit, bound up as a slave, and sold into Egypt. Before we move on in this, though, I have to ask you something. Can you see how envy and jealousy led to a malicious plot? Can you see that? A lot of times we don't unpack this aspect of this story. Can you see how they led to murder? Right? When we hate a brother, that's murder in God's eyes. They led to murder with Cain and Abel. They led to, the, to destruction and to more lying, cheating, and stealing. And I don't want to go any further until you can see that sometimes we have to clean house. We have to acknowledge and take a look at some of this dirty stuff that we're storing up on the inside. So if you're battling with any envy and jealousy, if you are envious when you see other people succeed, if you are envious when you see other people favored, you have a jealous streak in you. If this describes you, I want you to pray this prayer right now or just listen to me pray it and come into agreement. Heavenly Father, please forgive me for being envious of other people's favor and other people's success. I don't want to be that way. I don't like being that way. So right now, in the name of Jesus, envy, pride, jealousy, get out. In the mighty name of Jesus, I am done with you. You have no power and authority over me. In Jesus' name, amen. When envy tries to rise or cling to you, say shut up and go back to where you belong. Return to sender. This is not me. I am not an envious person. I am a new creation. Okay? Envy and jealousy will only lead to the destruction of your vision, your dreams, and your goals. Um, hello. Nobody can afford that. Envy says, I have to take that person out so I can have what they have. I can't like them. I can't invest in them. I can't support them in any way because I'm jealous or envious, right? Envy wants to destroy somebody else so that you can have what they have. If you get what they have, it will not last because of what was sown. What you sow, you shall reap. Okay? You've got to check the heart here. Whatever you sow in envy, you will reap in envy. All right? So just wanted you to know that. So the first test, if you didn't hear it, will you serve others, even those you disagree with, when your dream of success seems so far away? That's just test number one. Okay? So Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Potiphar, or one of the Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, brought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. The Lord was with Joseph and he prospered. 
Come on, the Lord is with you and you prosper. And he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord had given him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted to his care everything that he owned. The Lord gave Joseph success. It is God that promotes one and sits down another. Promotion comes from God and often it happens spiritually before it happens physically. God is the only one who gives any of us success. Hello, there is no such thing as a self-made person. God is the only one who gives any of us success. If you are not serving him, how are you going to get success? Or how will it last? You might be thinking, people succeed without the Lord all the time. Yeah, I hear you. You're right. It's because the principles work, but the Bible says, unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. If you don't want to live in vain, then you better live with God, okay? In Genesis 39, we discover not only that God gave Joseph success, but also that he gave him success in everything. Okay, yes and amen to that, right? Genesis is the Old Testament, which means that it was written in Hebrew. In Hebrew, the word for everything means everything. (laughs) Joseph obviously honored those around him and worked diligently with excellence. That's a key. He also learned from those around him as well. This is co-laboring with God. I wrote a whole book on this. It's actually called God's Vibes Matter, Co-Laboring with God. This is working as unto him and following his ways. If Joseph was like the rest of the slaves or employees or workers, he would have not found favor in anyone's eyes. He would have easily been overlooked. So I have another question for you. What kind of worker are you? Are you doing everything as unto the Lord? When your master sees that God is with you and that he has given you success, then you will find favor in the eyes of your master, your boss, whoever, your manager, whoever that happens to be, okay? When the master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes, all right? He started as a slave and prospered so much as a slave, that he was promoted to the head of the master's household. What? Right? We just read this like nothing sometimes. Then one day, Potiphar's wife, Augies, noticed that Joseph was a nice-looking man, and she was taken with him and made a plot to, to seduce him. Don't ever forget that <laughs> the enemy always has a plot, but God has a plan, Okay? When they were alone in the house, she said, come to bed with me. But he said, sorry, your husband has entrusted everything into my care except for you. And I will honor my God and not touch you. And he left. This is proof that he honored those around him as well as his God. Later, she tried to entice him again. She made sure that no one else was in the house but them. She said again, come to bed with me. He refused. And she screamed, grabbed his cloak, and ripped it off of him. He fled naked through the palace while she screamed again, somebody help me. 
She went on to accuse him of trying to seduce her. So she lied, evil, wicked, lying, cheating, and stealing women. Okay? Just as Joseph seemed to be reaching a place of success. Ugh, frustrating, right? Potiphar's wife tried to tempt him. He stood up under the temptation, right? Whenever there's temptation, God always provides a way of escape. Sometimes it's run, flee, <laughs> don't engage, just literally run from it, which is what he did. He stood up under the temptation. He was a strong man, right? He's growing in maturity. Do you think it would have been hard to stand up underneath that in your own story? As a result of his loyalty to God and his master, he was lied about and thrown into prison. So sometimes, even when we do the right thing, right? When we do the right thing, not even in public, but when we do the right thing in private, sometimes it still looks bad before it gets better. Doesn't mean that it's not God still at work, right? Because he can turn it and work it for your good. Joseph had a vision of being in charge of his whole family, but he found himself a slave in somebody else's house. And then a good looking rich woman invited him to bed with her. He stood up under that temptation and landed in prison. In his dream, he was the one being served. People were bowing down to him, but in order for him to be promoted to that place, God needed him to train on a few things first. We talked about this in the recent Permission to Prosper Challenge, where a lot of times we are preparing, then we are in training, and then we can actually be in full utilization mode where we're just deploying our gifts everywhere, right? So a lot of time though is spent preparing and in training way more usually than we're ever comfortable with. In his dream though, right? He was the one being served, but God had to train him for that dream. It never meant that the dream was off. How he might've carried it or held it or walked that sucker out could have been a little shaky, but it didn't mean that the dream was off. The first test was that he went from being a favored son to being a slave in a foreign land to a foreign man who did not even serve the same God. He humbled himself in these circumstances and he served, right? And I know that because it said the Lord gave him success. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will exalt you. You might interpret that as he's sitting there in his recliner and then boom, <laughs> it just fell on him, right? But that is not how it works. This is not the law of attraction here. If you read the Bible from cover to cover, you will find a formula for success. There actually is one. Joseph did not sit there and say, oh, well, you know, who are these people anyway? They're just a bunch of heathens. You know, I love that the Bible has words like this, heathens. They don't even serve the most high God. They're just a bunch of Egyptians, you know, talking to Pharaoh, God on earth. They're not worthy of the work of my hands. How many times do we say something like that? I'm above this. I will never do that. Don't you know who I am? Don't you know that I'm Joseph? No, he didn't do that. He learned how to serve someone else who did not even share the same spiritual beliefs. When he was a young man, he said, serve me, I'm the best, I'm favored, I'm the chosen son. He didn't have to go out of the flock, right? He had favor already with his dad. But God said, we're gonna have to change some of that. So Joseph ended up serving instead of having other people serving him. 
Again, the question for this first test, will you serve no matter where you're at? Or are you above it? That's a Selah moment. Pause, calmly think about that. Joseph went from Potiphar's house straight to prison. Guess what happened while he was in prison? <laughs> the Bible says again, but while Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord was with him. Come on, the Lord is with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. He just can't help it. Mercy, favor, all of it. They're stalking him. He went from favored to slave to favored prisoner. He became a prisoner serving criminals, serving people who serve false gods. That must have been very humbling when you think about it and not very much fun. That wasn't Joseph's first you know, choice by any means. But that was, however, his first test. And he learned to serve by becoming a slave, by going from being the protected son to the prisoner. What will your attitude be when your vision seems so far away? Joseph had the vision and then almost immediately found himself as far away from it as possible. But God gave him success in slavery and in the prison because he had the attitude of the person who was going to lead. He did not stop serving God. He did not stop honoring God. He did not stop working with the spirit of excellence. He did not say, well, forget it then. It's not going to work. Why even try? Come on, somebody. He did not walk in laziness. No. What did he do? He prospered where he was planted. You, <laughs> you may have a vision. You may be thinking, I want to be successful. I want to build something dynamic. You have to act now as though you are that successful person already. That is a huge key. Whatever was put into Joseph's hands, he worked as though he was leading a people. Whatever success God has given you right now, you need to treat that as though it is what you want already. That is what Joseph did. He had a vision, it was far away, and he was a slave, but he still sewed into his gifts while a slave and a prisoner as though he was already the leader of a nation. Sadly, on this first test is where most people fail. They think that once they get there, it's over. It's never, it is never once you get there. It is the preparation for there. Joseph was being trained as a slave to lead a nation. He was trained as a slave, as a criminal, as a servant to eventually lead the most powerful nation at that time. He was getting intimate with the nation that he was going to serve. Come on. So good. And I can tell you, there's been so many tests in my own life where I've had to submit to work. I had to give up a dream and get into work that didn't make sense. Didn't make sense. Was not what I would have chosen at all. Made zero sense to me. But will you serve? Will you be faithful? Will you be excellent? It was a test. Then I was promoted. There was a series of promotions in a very short period of time, like Joseph, in a place that I didn't feel like I wanted to serve at all. But I didn't make it beneath me or above me or any sort of thing like that. I just said, okay, okay. 
Meanwhile, this is why I had a dream too. Or there's been words, prophetic words that have been given to me. I'm still sitting on one right now. It has been over six years and I'm still sitting on a word. I know it's inevitable. I know it's happening. I know things are moving. I know a lot of it's been preparation and crazy, but I'm still trusting. Doesn't mean that it's not gonna happen. So I feel this 100%, but this is a test. Will you still show up and serve with excellence and be that person that's in the vision, even when your vision seems far away? Pass the test. Test number two. <laughs> this is why we have Holy Spirit Boot Camp, y'all. The God's Advised Mastermind is no joke. Let me tell you. Test number two. Will you perform at your highest ability, no matter how unimportant and unexciting the task seems? Woo-wee. Test number two was whether Joseph would step up or not. And he sure did, okay? He gave his absolute best shot at whatever he was doing and wherever he was. The Bible says that we're co-laborers with Christ. You put your 50 in, God puts his 50 in. We're co-laborers with Christ. He who sows sparingly, who doesn't do his side, reaps sparingly. Joseph here gave his best shot. There was no whining, murmuring, complaining, self-pity, pride, ego, or poor me. There was no blame. Radical ownership. Radical responsibility. There was no shame. Shame off you. There was no shame. He knew who sent him and he said, okay, I guess if I'm sent here, I'm going to serve here. I'm going to serve in a prison. Have you been in situations where you wind up whining and crying, even blaming God? Guilty. For sure guilty, right? There's been times and seasons where I'm like, <laughs> right? I've been whiny as the, the best of them, right? But are you in a situation right now that you don't like? You may be blaming God for that situation or blaming other people. Here is what you need to realize. He has you exactly where he wants you. And where he has you is where he wants to teach you something. Test number one, again, is learning how to serve even in the humble beginnings. Test number two is stepping up and giving it your best shot as though you were already living your dream. It might seem like a downgrade from what you see, but show up as though you were already living your dream. In the midst of a test or disaster, when things are not going your way, you need to see, believe in, and walk towards your dream as though it already is your reality. That's what Joseph did. Prosper where you're planted. You already have permission to prosper. God's favor surrounds you like a shield. Prosper where you're planted. Treat your life, your career, your business, that dream, treat it as though you have the success that you want, as if it is the success that you want. Treat your marriage, your family, as though it is what you want it to be now. Will you give it your best shot when your vision seems the farthest away? Will you do it? Will you do it? Right? You have to treat it as though it is already. 
Do you not like your car and you don't clean it? It's dusty, it's trash, there's stuff broken, you don't care about it? God is seeing how you're treating what he's already given you, and it determines whether you're being promoted to the next level or not. It is impossible to be promoted if you don't take care of what you already have. It is impossible. It is impossible. Are you taking care of what you already have? Treat your partner, your husband, your wife as though he or she is already what you want that person to be. Speak life into the situation. As Joseph had a vision all around him, he was, he was saying, I don't care. I'm going to take what I have. I'm going to practice right here. He was practicing on the slaves. He was practicing on the other criminals that were in that place. Think about that. The next thing that happened was that a cupbearer and a baker came to the prison. They had been accused of stealing something from Pharaoh the king. Joseph had a gift of dream interpretation. The cupbearer and the baker heard that he interpreted dreams. They asked him to interpret their dreams. Through the interpretations, Joseph revealed that the baker was guilty and would have his head cut off and that the cupbearer was innocent and would be restored to his position. And it happened exactly as he said he would. The baker's head was cut off and the cupbearer was restored. Joseph said to the cupbearer, please remember me, but the cupbearer forgot. Two years later, Pharaoh was being tormented night and day by dreams. None of the psychics, seers, or magicians could discern the meaning. They weren't connected to the source. No one had the ability to interpret the dream because it was from God. And the cupbearer had forgotten about Joseph until God brought him back up. God revealed it to the cupbearer. He brought it back up to his mind. He brought it into his remembrance. When you're out there working, catch this lesson. When you're out there working, being faithful, and you're thinking, no one is watching what I'm doing. Why am I going to go the extra mile? Because no one's paying attention to it anyway. Right? <laughs> this is the shopping cart example. No, I'm just going to leave this right here. No one's watching. Really, though? Mm -mm. No. No. You know I never get any recognition for what I'm doing. You are trying to serve the wrong people. You're looking for recognition and promotion from the wrong department, from the wrong name on the outside of the door. You're looking in the wrong places. Joseph said, please remember me. And the cupbearer forgot. There he was in the presence of Pharaoh, seeing that no one could interpret the dreams. And God reminded him. The cupbearer, the very one that forgot, went to Pharaoh and said, I know somebody that knows how to interpret dreams. Pharaoh said, bring me this man. Joseph went to serve Pharaoh. He interpreted the dreams exactly. Basically, the dream was a financial message that there will be seven years of plenty in preparation for seven years of famine. And because of Joseph's interpretations, Pharaoh promoted him to second in command of the nation. Hello, fulfillment of a dream, right? Are you personally in a season of famine right now? Been there. Been there. Or are you in a season of plenty? If you are in plenty, it is in preparation for famine. When you are in a famine, you are preparing for plenty. Interesting, right? 
Are you stoked that you're in a famine right now? What you do in the famine determines what the plenty is going to look like. And how you are in plenty also determines the discomfort of your famine. Egypt became the most powerful nation of its time during the famine. This is good just considering the world around you too. It made money during the famine. The favor that God put on Joseph made that nation prosperous. People from other nations were starving and they were coming from afar to buy grain, trade for grain, and do whatever they could to get some grain. When the famine hit, Joseph's family in a far-off land heard that someone in Egypt had food. So Israel sent his sons with gifts and money. Please go get some food. They went to Egypt and they had to buy the grain from none other than Joseph. But they didn't recognize him because he looked like an Egyptian. He was tattooed. He was wearing a wig. He was wearing a dress. (laughs) Literally. God took one of his chosen people and put him in the heathen marketplace and had him look just like one of them. He had him speak in their language and participate with their customs. I know you're thinking, you mean God tattooed him? God pierced his ears and told him to wear a white dress with a gold flap? Think about how we look at other people today. Tattooed up, holes in their ears. We're like, "Mm, that's not godly. They need Jesus, right? Maybe they have him, and maybe they've been strategically placed to lead the lost souls to the kingdom of heaven. Just saying. God did it then. He's doing it now. Get your head out of any sort of religious box that you might have. How in the world are you going to help them if you're acting like something they don't want to be? Just saying. Back to Joseph. After he interpreted the dreams, Pharaoh said, You are now in charge. You be the one to figure out how to solve the seven years of famine and the seven years of plenty. So... Joseph went from favored son to slave in a pit to falsely accused to criminal serving the guilty criminals to second highest in command of an entire nation. What in the what 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 right? Pharaoh put him in charge of everything. Pharaoh put him in charge of his household and his entire nation. He entrusted everything into Joseph's hands. Every time that Joseph was promoted, the Bible says it was because God gave him success and prospered him. Don't think for a minute that your success comes from you. We are co-laborers with God. Whatever you put on, he doubles it. If you become good at putting out, then he will triple it. If you get even better at doing that, he will quadruple it. If you get even better at it, you'll look at a hundredfold. Do you want to be promoted? Do you feel like you're in slavery right now? Then prosper where you're planted. Take care of the peanuts that you have and you'll get more. Do you feel like you're in a prison with a warden over you? I've definitely felt like that before. (laughs) Do you feel like you're in a dungeon? Then prosper where you're planted. Treat it like a beautiful garden and you'll be promoted out of it. If you can be trusted with small things, if you can treat it as though it is your vision, then God will see your diligence and he will promote you. He is the one who exalts the humble. Test number three. Will you use and develop your gifts in the midst of disaster and discouraging circumstances? 
Test number three was whether Joseph would use his gifts in the midst of disaster and discouragement. And man, is there a lot of discouragement and disaster on the way to your dreams. Certainly, Joseph had every right in the world to be discouraged. We all do. But he didn't sit there and cry. He wasn't lying on his back crying because of his misery. Instead, he was saying, this is what I've been given. This is what I'll prosper with. This is what I've been given. This is what I'll prosper with. If God needed me to have anything else, he would have given it to me. This is what I'll prosper with. Will you use your gifts even in a bad situation? It's a test. Will you use your gifts even when the vision seems like it's extremely far away? Or, what's been true for me, the complete opposite of the vision. Will you still use your gifts no matter what? It's preparation. It is training. Test number four. Will you apply yourself immediately when the opportunity arises, even if the circumstances do not match your ideal? God often answers our prayers in ways that we don't expect. Can you discern them? The fourth test was whether he would go to work right away. What if Joseph had not interpreted the dreams of the cupbearer and the baker? Huh? (laughs) Interesting thought. Opportunity always presents itself. Always. The question is, can you see it? Be not wise in your own eyes. The definition of luck is being in the right place at the right time and knowing it. Many people will read the same things. Many people will get the same exposure to different things, right? But will they catch it? Will they move forward and go after it? Will you be one of those people? Success is not on trial. Somebody is going to take action and that somebody can be you. Will you go to work when the opportunity arises and use what you have? Use it everywhere. Use it when you're volunteering. Use it when you're not being paid for it. Use it in places that you don't think it's a match for. Use it everywhere. Wherever God planted you, that's where he wants you to use it. Use it. Use it. (laughs) During discouragement, too many people say, oh, boo, I'm over it. I'm just going to quit. It doesn't work anyway. Have you done this? No more if you have. You need to obey. Whether you're going through a time of discouragement or disappointment, it just means that you are facing a promotion. It's true. When you are going through discouragement and disadvantage and disappointment, you are being tested for promotion. That's what this story shows. But only 2% of the population is saying, oh, well. These are not the best circumstances. However, I'm going to give it my best shot every way. I'm going to give it my best shot anyway and in every way. The other 98% of the population is just whining and they never see the fulfillment of a promise. It's given to them. They just don't see the fulfillment of it. Will you come through with flying colors? Do you know how loving God is? He will let you take a test again if you've not passed it before. And if you fail the test you're in right now, you'll have to take it again and again and again and again. (laughs) Again, 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 again. Are you tired of repeating the same test over and over and over? I for sure got there. 
God will chase you the rest of your life. That's how much he loves you. He's pursuing you all the time. You might as well, though, stop messing around, get serious, get busy, get some skill, and get success already because that is actually your destiny. Joseph didn't blame. He didn't criticize. He didn't condemn. He didn't do any of that. He just said, all right, I'm here. I have to succeed no matter where I go. And no matter how bad it looks out there, I'm going to give it my best in here. We are made to flourish and prosper in every season. No matter what it looks like, to the world, we are made to prosper in every season. Test number five. Will you see God's hand in your circumstances and forgive those who've wronged you? Oh, this is a gut check. Will you do it? Test number five came after Joseph found success. Hear that? Test number five came after Joseph found success. He was the second most powerful man in that part of the world. He had an Egyptian wife and two children. The famine had come and their barns were full of grain. He was prospering. People from all over were coming to him, buying grain, making him rich. Everything looked great. Then, <laughs> we've seen this movie before, everything looked great. Then, all of a sudden, his brother showed up to get grain. Hmm. Joseph recognized them, but they did not recognize him. He eventually revealed himself to them in humility. In humility. It's absolutely profound. Okay? Imagine, though, what must have gone through Joseph's brother's head when they realized who Joseph was. Whew! They had sold their brother, their brother into slavery and lied about it to their father. Now, years later, they were begging for grain from a man who looked like an Egyptian. But then, suddenly, he took his wig off and spoke in their native tongue, saying, I'm Joseph. Imagine, just imagine for a second, the guilt they had lived with all of those years. Imagine their fear at realizing that the brother they'd sold into slavery now had power over their very lives. Imagine them remembering Joseph's dreams and thinking, aw, jeez, aw, man, right? But here's how it's actually said in the word. I'm Joseph. Is my father still living? And his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. Joseph said, come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold in Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now, there has been famine in the land and for the next five years, there will be no plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. Come on, what? So then it was not you who sent me here, but God. <laughs> Talk about the revelation, right? He made me father to Pharaoh, Lord of his entire household and ruler of all Egypt. Now hurry back to my father and say to him, this is what your son Joseph says. God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me. Don't delay. You shall live in the region of Goshen and be near me. You, your children and grandchildren, your flocks and herds and all you have. 
I will provide for you there because five years of famine are still to come. Otherwise, you and your household and all who belong to you will become destitute. Catch it. Joseph knew who had sent him. He demonstrated no blame, vengeance, anger, bitterness, resentment, or unforgiveness. None. What in the world? None. God had used his brothers to train up the young Joseph to not be just a ruler over his own tribe, but over the greatest nation in the world at that time. The vision you have that you can see is much smaller than the reality of will, what it will be. It is always bigger. It is always bigger. The Bible says, no eye has seen, no ear heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. Do you know him? Do you love him? If you are being tested right now, you have a choice whether you pass or fail. Will you know during those times of trial that God is the one who sent you? It's not always the enemy messing with you. It is possible to prosper during a famine if you're wise during the harvest time. If you're wise in the plenty, you will prosper in the famine. Are you tired of starving in the famine? Here's my question to you. When the time arises, will you forgive those who do not deserve it? Joseph did that. His brothers certainly did not deserve his mercy and forgiveness. But he gave it. Last test. Test number six. Will you take credit for your success or will you rightfully give credit to God? Ooh-wee. <laughs> test number six is amazing. In it, Joseph displays a level of leadership that goes beyond most of the people I have ever read about, seen, worked with, observed in my life, right? Joseph did not take any credit for his success. He didn't take any credit for his success. How many of us are like, oh man, I worked forever, blah, 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 right? Like we're always trying to like sing our praises, but Joseph did not take any credit for his success. He said, it was not you who sent me here, but God. Earlier in the story, when Joseph first met with Pharaoh, Pharaoh said, I've heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. Joseph responded, I can't do it, but God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. Come on. At every opportunity that he had to use his gifts, Joseph professed his frailness and said, I can't do anything without him, but he has given me a gift and I will use it. When you reach the place of promotion, another test waits for you. Will you give God the glory or will you take it for yourself and show that you are in it actually for yourself? Will you give credit to the one who has equipped you, who has put you in the right places, who has opened doors, who has given you favor, and who has made all of that happen for you? It ain't you. <laughs> Ugh. So check it out. Are you passing? Are you passing? In 1 Timothy, it talks about the criteria for an overseer. It says that to qualify for leadership, a person must watch his family. If his children and his wife honor him and he can run his household, then he is capable of leading other people. If he cannot lead his own family, however, then he certainly cannot lead anybody else. 
this is how Joseph qualified for leadership too. If Joseph had not been able to lead a household and to lead in the prison, he would not be able to lead a nation. That's how awesome God is, right? Look at the little bit that Joseph had to do. He was trusted with peanuts and God brought the big time harvest. Joseph just had to be faithful with a little bit and learn his lessons in the process and God promoted him. That is huge. You too, if you want to pass the test, must use what you have with all you have with excellence. You need to stop trying to gain acceptance from your fellow man. You need to stop trying to make people envious of you, trying to prove that you are worthy of their acceptance. You need to care about God's acceptance of you and his alone. He's already accepted you and it doesn't matter what anyone else says or thinks. You have to stop trying to prove that you're worthy, that you have something. Get over trying to prove it. You already have it. You have to maintain vision in the prison. How will you take care of the gifts, the relationships, the money, the possessions, the responsibilities, the influence, and so forth that God has given you? If you can be trusted with the small things, God will multiply them greatly. He's just that awesome. He gives us the rule book, if you will, in advance. Have you failed some of these tests? Have you failed all six of them? I have. <laughs> Here's the good news though. You get to take them again. Ask God to forgive you for the places where you failed. Forgive yourself while you're at it and then get ready for your next promotion in life. So good, so, so good. Oh my goodness. Friend, I hope this blessed you. It is deep, it is powerful, but these lessons are profound and they are biblical. God has given you this vision. A lot of times we train and we prepare for it way longer than we want to, but that is not a curse, that is a blessing. And a lot of times our blessings come in disguise. They call in small ways, they come in ways that we don't expect. They come in ways that we could easily dismiss. But will you be faithful and excellent no matter what? Right where you are. Will you be willing to prosper right where you are? There's so many lessons like this and much more in the God's Vibes Mastermind. We talk about building spirit-driven success. There's a spirit-driven success method and a process that I walk you through. And it is so, so powerful. And I'd be honored to serve you in there with excellence and just see you get your, your breakthroughs and really access these next levels in your life. You can join me. You still have an opportunity. It's www.courageco.org. You'll see the way that you can join right there. You can access a payment plan or you can pay in full and save 33%. Don't delay. If you know this is an answer to prayer, don't delay. Boldly move forward and you won't regret it. There's always reward on the other side of our obedience. All right? All right, everybody. I hope this message blessed you. And until next time, stay blessed. Listen, if you are not plugged into Courage Co. yet, what are you doing? Courage Co. is a faith-based community off social media that you can access from your phone or your desktop, literally from anywhere. It is a safe place 
place and a sacred space for you to invest in and live your most courageous and impactful story. You can join us for free for prayer calls and challenges for a monthly subscription where we have monthly masterclasses or the God's Vibes Mastermind where you will get live master life coaching at a price that you won't get anywhere else. 12 weeks of content that we will go through together or you can navigate at your own pace. You'll have lifetime access to that. A community of women doing this alongside of you, a workbook and so many other materials to help you on your journey. And I just want you to imagine for a second, having the courage, clarity, and focus to achieve anything you desire. Walking into any situation, fully confident, knowing you have everything you need to succeed. Embracing challenges and overcoming obstacles with grace and ease. Feeling only love and compassion for others, no matter how they may have hurt you in the past. Standing up for what you believe in and taking unstoppable action to create the kind of world you want to live in. You're in the right place to take your next step on your journey. When you plug into the God's Vibes Mastermind, I'll teach you how to identify and eliminate the self-limiting beliefs and habits that are stopping you from getting the results you want. I'll teach you how to heal old wounds that have negatively impacted your self-image and self-esteem for far too long. I'll show you how to dismantle the story of who you are and what you can or cannot do in the world. I'll help you expand your consciousness from fear-based limitation to love and compassion and service to the world. I'll help you vanquish the inner enemies that are stopping you from being all that you can be. Release your victimhood and reclaim your power. Develop a aligned mindset and habits to boost your productivity and results. Gain deeper awareness of your own inner light and divinity and achieve the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual self-mastery needed to achieve any goal. You will learn how to think the way God formed, shaped, and anointed you to think and succeed the way he always intended and show up in any situation as the most powerful person in the room, no matter what challenges might appear on your path. If this sounds like something that you want to be a part of, I want to invite you to join the God's Vibes Mastermind. You can get plugged into it over at Courage Co. You can access Courage Co. at any level at www.courageco.org. Together, we will awaken your inner warrior spirit and unleash your capacity to achieve any goal you can imagine. You will become an example of what's possible with God.